just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. This podcast, I have Ed joining me, as he often does. And uh, like I was saying before we went on the air here, so to speak, uh, there's a lot of fucking shit going on. I mean, it's not looking good. It's looking bleak for the Republicans, particularly Donald Trump. And I, I have to say, I'm pretty happy about that. Oh, <laughs> I'm giggling just, like a little girl over here. Yeah, not just for Donald Trump, but for every damn Republican that has been supporting him, which is most of them. I mean, we know the ones who haven't. Liz Cheney and uh, um, uh, it'll come to me. But the other guy on the committee, Kinsinger, the, Adam Kinsinger, Kinsinger that's the guy. Occasionally Mitt Romney. Uh, but, uh, you know, he he voted against the the Romney voted against the um, insulin cap. Yeah, he uh, voted he's dead to me now. You know, yeah, I'm Mitt, sorry. Mitt Romney is as bad as all of them. He tries to he tries to balance it a little bit and look like the good guy. He's not. He's a Republican. There isn't a Republican other than Kinzinger and Cheney that are good guys because they yeah. supported Donald Trump and the shit that Mitch McConnell is pushing through. Before we get into the meat of this, where the Republicans are fucked, I wanted to bring something up. All right. Timely. Tomorrow is the primary for Liz Cheney in Wyoming. Right. And it does not look like she's going to win. Not a surprise. Donald Trump endorsed some other crazy fuck to go against her. They have been mad at her ever since she voted to impeach him. Now that she's on the J6 committee, like you said, she's dead to them, which is a huge mistake. But, you know, fucking Republicans, you can't expect much more out of them. But I heard somebody say something, and it really struck home with me. Liz Cheney is a tough woman. She is a smart yeah. woman, and she's been fucking with her Republican colleagues for a long time now with the J6 committee and the impeachment and all that stuff. The Republicans think they hamstrung um, Liz Cheney when they censored her and took away all her appointments. So what does she do? She goes on the J6 committee and continues to kick their ass. Now we have the primary, and she is most assuredly going to lose this. So once again, the Republicans got her back. He nailed her. But what they aren't thinking about is Liz Cheney has been a thorn in their side. She's been a beast when it comes to dealing with Republicans. Can you imagine after tomorrow when she has absolutely nothing to lose? how bright and happy and how fucking dangerous she, uh, she will be. She will have no encumbrance over it all. She will have nothing to lose. And we know she's one tough woman. So she's going to go crazy on those motherfuckers from tomorrow on. It's going to be all bets off with Liz Cheney. She's going to fuck these people up. Yeah. I, this is something I've got to say about Republicans and, and occasionally Democrats too, but when uh, they are so uh, eager sometimes to do away with somebody who's been there forever. Now, now I'm from the state of Tennessee, 
And when Al Gore uh, ran for vice president with Clinton, um, normally you would expect there used to be a thing called favorite son, right? Where right. If, if somebody was running for a national office, they pretty much held that everybody voted for that person because they realized it's a hell of a lot more valuable to have a vice president in your corner than it is a senator or a president in your corner than it is a vice president. So right. uh, everybody would get together. Favorite son, they got all the votes. It was a slam dunk. That state, no matter how Republican or how Democratic it was, they were going to vote for that person, right? Because right. that's where the, the everything flows from Washington, all the goodies flow from Washington and vice presidents have a lot of say in what, what happens. And so do, of course, presidents. Right. And, um, and so it, it's cutting your own throat. It, it's ripping off your nose to spite your face to go against that. They did that with Al Gore twice. They did it. They did it when uh, he ran for vice president. And then when he ran for president, his own state did not support him in his run for president. If they had, he would be president. It's that simple. He would have been president. We wouldn't have had an Iraq war. We wouldn't have had a uh, uh, an Afghanistan adventure. There's so many things that would have happened in a positive way if the state of Tennessee had just done what they should have done and done a favorite son. Now, Wyoming is mostly cow shit and prairie dogs anyway. Right. But the the few assholes out there that are not going to vote for her, that are going to vote for this other crazy lady they dug up somewhere, they don't realize that they have a, a national, uh, they have someone with national stature there who can go to other committee heads and say, look, uh, my people need a railroad built. Uh, let's do it. Oh, sure, Liz. I'll, I'll be counting on you when my, uh, uh, when we have to have a recovery from a hurricane or something, that's the way it's done, people. Right. You know, it's horse trading. I'll give you a vote. You give me a vote. And that's the way it works. Now, whoever this woman is, and I can't remember her name, and it doesn't matter because you won't hear of her again once she's in the uh, the house. She'll if be a she backbencher if she gets there. She'll be a backbencher. She'll be on the toilet paper committee and the, the Kleenex committee and, and whatever other crappy committees that they have to fill up that nobody wants to be on. That's where she's going to be. She's not going to be doing Wyoming, her district anyway, any good at all. Zero. And, and I don't know how many, uh, maybe Wyoming only has one. I know some of those Western states. Uh, have no, they, only have, small... they, they only have one. Okay. Well, that's it. They have no representation in Congress now and in the, the House anyway, because this woman has no influence. She has she doesn't know where any bodies are buried. She doesn't have any leverage. It's cutting off your nose despite your face. You're stupid, Wyoming. So yeah. uh, just wanted to pass that along. Well, I just want to say to it, it, it in. Uh, I, my wife and I have been to Wyoming in the last five years. It is a very nice state, and the people we met are very nice. It's just that fucking Republicans and trump can ruin any fucking neighborhood. That's what it's going to be five years from now. <laughs> You're going to be standing out in your lawn, and your neighbor's going to go, you see who's moving over there? I'm fucking worried about the neighborhood. Well, what? <laughs> yeah. Are they people of color or Jewish? or what? No, they're fucking Republicans. Oh, shit, it's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, That's that won't happen be. here because there's nothing here but Republicans and me and my wife. 
Right, right. Yeah, a couple, no, I, couple I, of other people, you know, but uh, uh, there's a few. There's a few Democrats. They're just demoralized and gerrymandered is the problem. You yeah. know, I mean, you know, I mean, you can't uh, you can't get a Democratic state the way it's laid out now. And so people don't they just don't vote. You know, right. they just skip it because they're, they can't have any impact. And that's terrible. Well, a lot of people, a lot of younger people think that the gerrymandering means the Republicans will always be in power and that they will never be able to beat that. And and I always tell them, look, the old white men, the old white women are dying off. The millennials and the Gen Zs, eventually the gerrymandering won't matter because there'll just be too many people fucking voting against it. And if we win the midterms, the Democrats in, in November, we can do a lot to getting rid of that whole situation. I wanted to bring something else up. Of course, we're going to talk about Mar-a-Lago, but a couple of things we heard just recently are pretty entertaining. It's easy with what's going on in this country now to have one shiny thing in front of you and going, that's it. That's the thing I'm most concerned about. And then some other shiny thing like Mar-a-Lago comes up and your attention is pulled away from that and you're focused on Mar-a-Lago. We can't be sleeping on Georgia because Fonnie no. Willis down there has been working very hard at nailing Donald Trump and a few of the people around him. A lot of people think she was going to be the first one to come up with an indictment. I don't know if that's still true or not. I think we may see an indictment soon out of the DOJ with the seriousness of stealing top secret documents. That said, Fonnie Willis has has extended invitations to Rudy Giuliani and uh, uh, Lindsey Graham because they stuck their sniffer in this whole thing where Donald Trump was trying to coerce the Secretary of State to give him 11,780 votes. And if there's any question about it, well, there's a fucking audio tape of it. But apparently Rudy Giuliani and Lindsey Graham made some calls too. And Fonnie Willis said, Rudy, we'd love to have you come down and talk. And Rudy says, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I'm too sick to do that. Well, a judge just recently said, Rudy, we don't give a fuck if you're sick. Get your old ass in a fucking Uber and get your butt down to Georgia. He has no choice. He's got to talk. And then, well, Lindsay, that, yeah, one one other thing that they caught him going to New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. Also, so uh, now he has. Even if he had a defense, even if he had a doctor's excuse, it no longer applies. Right. Exactly. Well, and then and then Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham said, "I don't have to come. I shouldn't have to come. There's nothing I have left to offer. I'm a U.S. fucking senator. I'm going to take it to court." Well, he took it to court, and the judge said, "Look, Lindsey, <laughs> get your best prom dress on and get your fucking ass down to Georgia because you got to talk." Yeah, have Rudy and his Uber swing by and grab you on the way down. This spells a lot of trouble for Lindsay and Rudy Giuliani because they were thick into this situation. And Fonnie Willis, I got to tell you, if I was in a gang war and I could have two people behind me, it would be Fonnie Willis and Liz Cheney because yeah. we would kick some motherfucking ass. It's true. <laughs> you know, would... this is the thing, you know, uh, the Rudy was down there giving him a class in how to come up with fake electors. Right. And, uh, and, and, uh, Lindsay was, come on, come on, you guys, you know, he was smoozing the, uh, secretary of state and the governor. You can come up with a few votes. We know you can. I mean, they've got those phone calls too. So, you know, that's the way it goes. Lindsey Graham and Rudy Giuliani have maybe breathed their last. 
because, you know, <clears throat> both of them had been respected in the past. Both of them had had their positions, maybe more so Rudy than Lindsey. Uh, but they latched themselves on to Donald Trump, and they did what a lot of people did. They stayed too long. I mean, there was a point where they could have said, oh, fuck this. This is a bridge too far. I'm not hanging with Donald Trump and maybe have been cleansed from that connection. But at this point, for holding on as long as they've done and lied as much as they've lied, the stench of Donald Trump will be all over these two for their natural-born lives. Yeah, I really believe that both of them, certainly Lindsay, is being blackmailed. And I, I believe he's being blackmailed by Putin. Um, I, I've mentioned this before, but maybe, you know, some folks weren't uh, tuned in that day. Uh, when uh, the DNC was hacked by the Russians and they got the material on Hillary that they released, uh, um they also hacked the RNC computers at the same time. That right. rarely gets mentioned, but they did. Right. They got into both of them, and uh, they got all this opposition research because both parties do this. When you have a candidate running, they try to find all the dirt they can on them so they can, they're can. they prepared to counteract it when the other side finds it or if they find it. So uh, they've got a dossier on Lindsey Graham you know, with pictures of the truck stop and all of that. You know, yeah, yeah. and uh, the same with uh, Rudy Giuliani and his, uh, you know, backdoor deals with the mafia or whatever it may be that uh, because these guys, if, if they weren't good guys, they just they gave the appearance of being reasonable people at one time in their life. Right. Then along comes Donald Trump and they become these minions to him. And that tells me one thing. Somebody's pulling strings because Lindsey Graham had nothing good to say about Donald Trump in the primaries. And then suddenly, whap. Well, that's know, exactly right. I, I, you know, I don't know that, I mean, Rudy Giuliani could be being blackmailed, but Rudy Giuliani's just drunk with power and greed. He latched on to Donald Trump from the beginning <laughs> and drunk. And so he's just, you know, he's at a point now where he's so fucking deep into it. He's just got to double down. He can't without acknowledging he was wrong and criminal all along. You're right about Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham, when he first, when Donald Trump first started running for president, he couldn't say enough bad things about him. And the funny thing is that everything he said about Donald Trump was true and has come to pass. But like you say, all of a sudden he switches switches direction in the river, and now he's Donald Trump's best friend. The only way to explain that is there's a certain amount of blackmail involved in this, whether it be Putin or Donald Trump or whoever it was. I hadn't heard the Putin blackmail thing, but that actually makes some sense. They're more likely to have more evidence. And, you know, let's be honest, Lindsey Graham has some probably some sketchy stuff in his past. Now people will say he's a he's gay or a cross dresser. I don't care about that. I don't care if he's Me gay. Me neither. Or I've got plenty of friends who are gay and cross dressers. So right. and and trans too. So well, I, I don't care about that. I mean that's to me, that's no different than somebody has blonde or brunette hair. It's just a different way of being. But when they could be honest about it, they could be upfront about it. We've had gay uh, congressmen before. I don't know that we've had a gay senator, but uh, we got a gay transportation director. That's right. Buttigieg. We do. And the thing right. is, it isn't so much that he's gay. It's it's that in addition to being gay, he does everything to fight against gay people, trans people. 
he's right. he's he's a fucking absolute hypocrite and the the fact that he might be exposed as being you know a crossdresser or gay doesn't matter to most of us but he's scared about it he well but thinks, it does matter to republicans you know well yeah I mean, yeah it does it does that they aren't uh, they aren't going to like Lindsay very much i think Lindsay is pretty much done if he isn't in jail, I think you'll find him retire and just get out of the fucking shitstorm. Well, he would be wise to. I mean, you know, none of these people have to worry about money. They've been in there long enough. They've stolen plenty. And and Liz Cheney, by the same token, I mean, her dad, you know, I mean, was the head of Halliburton. And, uh, and he's got all the money in the world, which means she's got all the money in the world, too. So it's not like she needs the money. It's the influence, the power or in her case, I think there's some real principles there, even though I don't agree with her even uh, 1% of the time, other yeah. than that, that Donald Trump is uh, what he is. Well, realistically, I don't think she cares if she loses. I think she has decided that's a foregone conclusion, that she's going to lose. She doesn't want to side with the side of Republican Party that's corrupt and criminal and has no in- integrity. I think she kind of sees her. I, I was talking about this in the podcast yesterday. I think she sees the split coming in the Republican Party because people of a reasonable mind will stop following the crazy fucks. So there will be this separation. And if there is a separation and there is a reasonable side to the Republican Party, immediately she becomes the leader. And I think she sees that. I mean, it's a gamble, but I think she sees that. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for that reasonable part, though. I mean, I keep seeing polls showing 70, upwards of 70 percent, just almost 80 percent of Republicans would still vote for Donald Trump. Now, to me, that 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 speaks of some real, I don't know, mental illness or something on their part that Absolutely. Uh, they would they would still do that. Uh, I know there's fear. They have this fear that they're going to be replaced, that the the white people won't be in charge anymore or something like that. But uh, that that's at the base of it. And then you have uh, people with a whole lot of money throwing money because they don't have to pay taxes this way. As long as Republicans are in charge, they don't have to pay any taxes. And they're afraid they'll have to, instead of having 50 odds, they can only have 49, you know, right. that kind of crap. So, right. uh, uh, and, and the, the poor Republicans uh, makes no sense. How you can be poor and a Republican is beyond me. It makes no sense. And I think Mitch McConnell's on his way out, too. He's kind of insinuated those types of things. He basically said if they lose in, in, in the midterms, he's probably going to resign, which is probably wise. Because he knows when the Republicans lose in the midterms, it may be decades before they get power again, especially with all praying. the shit's coming up. Yeah, I'm praying for it, too. You've said it before. If we can just have a, a couple of uh, eight-year terms from Democratic presidents, maybe, maybe we could fix some shit. Well, I mean, uh, it took uh, Roosevelt three terms, and and uh, then Truman pretty much discontinued Roosevelt's policies, and so it was kind of a, a receivership or something, if you will. And that created the 50s and 60s, which was definitely the best time to be alive in America if you Financially. were Financially. Yeah, if you were male and white. Right. And, uh, and of course, uh, it, we had the beginnings of things like 
gay rights, uh, uh, rights for people of color and for women that came out of that. Because when you're having to hump all day to make a living to get enough bread to feed your eight kids because you can't have birth control, uh, you don't have a lot of time to devote toward thinking about going out and protesting for your rights and so forth. So, right. and, and the Republicans know that. I mean, the big ones, they know this. And that's why they want to destroy education. That's why they want to destroy Social Security and Medicare. They wanted to reduce the American people to a peasant population once again, which is what they were. Don't talk to me about make America great again from the revolution through the Civil War, past World War One. This was a fucking bad place to live if you were an average person. You were working 12 hours a day, seven days a week uh, if you were on the farm, certainly or if you were working in a factory or something, it was not a great place. It really wasn't. And uh, I don't care how much they try to color it up in history. We were just another oligarchy with a few people at the top, with all the money and everybody else uh, doing their bidding. And then we got Roosevelt and uh, a bunch of fortuitous things all came together at once that allowed us to have that very brief period of time when the, the average Joe had a chance, Reagan took care of that. And now we've got to get it back and it's going to take a while. And we have to tell the truth about it. You know, there were no good old days, folks, except the fifties and sixties, everything else was crap. Yeah. I want to do a quick aside. I have a couple of things that are kind of aside, and we'll get back to the Mar-a-Lago thing, but um, about education. About two years yeah. ago, when my wife was preparing to retire from education, I was seeing how teachers are being paid and how they're being treated, and uh, it was just really shitty. And I said to my wife, I said, you know what? With all us boomers getting ready to retire and all the millennials not so excited about teaching anymore, at least not for a career for a lifetime, they are going to have an immense shortage of teachers. Now, when my wife was teaching, the district would come to the old people and say, listen, man, if you want to retire early, we'll give you 10 grand. We'll give you 15 grand. We'll give you 20 grand. And yeah. some people would take them up on that because they wanted to get more of the younger people to come in there because they could get them cheaper and get the old people out. I just heard a story last night, and I don't know where the school district is. I should have looked it up before I came, but I didn't think I was going to be talking about this. But there is a school district now paying older teachers $50,000 not to retire. That's well, fucking crazy. That. And, well, you see, know, that's good, though. That's good because Florida is doing the opposite. Yeah. Because they're losing so many teachers because of all the crap they're pulling. And I'd like to elaborate on some of the things they're doing. But they are going to allow non-licensed teachers, primarily veterans, to come in and teach with no training, no background. But they're going to let them do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Even in the Minneapolis public schools for a time, I know this because my, my son did it. Fortunately, he's a smart, responsible kid. A uh, short time after he got out of college, he needed a job. And since my wife was a teacher in the Minneapolis public schools, she knew about this opportunity. And my son had the opportunity to substitute teach because there was right. a shortage of substitute teachers. Now, 
my son isn't a teacher. He doesn't have a teaching degree. He has a degree in English, which is still good. And he's a responsible, articulate, and relatable kind of guy. So he was a good substitute teacher. But they're constantly having to compromise to find teachers to teach our kids. If the Republicans are intending to destroy public education, well, they're doing a good job because of the way this is all run. People don't want to be fucking teachers anymore, and they are going to be in a big problem. And what they're going to have to do now is they're going to have to pay teachers a premium, and they're going to have to treat them well for no other reason that if they don't, they're going to get fucking shut down. Well, you know, uh, I am hoping that what you're saying is absolutely what happens, but I've got a feeling that they're going to go the other way and try to empower these charter schools that are run by uh, hedge funds and uh, these uh, religious schools and uh, the ones at Hillsdale College or university, I guess it is now, even though it's not, you know, they allow them to use the university designation, um, setting up charter schools and so forth, where they'll be able to discriminate, uh, where they won't take special needs students and so forth. And and, and they'll suck money away from uh, the public schools, which is exactly what's happening here in Tennessee with charter schools and, and religious schools. You can uh, you can take your traveling portion of uh, tax money that goes to your student and use it to get into one of those charter schools. But most of the time you'll have to uh, add some money onto that. So it's, you know, it's a give back to the rich people, right? Well, yeah, but, but uh, what, what, what do you do five years from now when it's another failure? Nobody's getting taught anything and parents are getting upset because their kids aren't getting an education. That's fine to have it happen, to have them win, but it's going to fail. At some point, somebody's going to say, what the fuck? And then they're going to have to change it back or do something different because what they've got planned doesn't fucking work. And we've seen it played out here in Minneapolis and St. Paul with these charter schools. Largely, they don't fucking work. Either there's somebody in the school stealing shit or nobody gets educated. Yeah, it starts out as as a scam to begin with. They hire people who aren't... um, who are not dedicated they're there for uh, they don't pay them as much as regular teachers for one thing usually and uh, so it's just whoever they can get it's a big scam and they usually aim at minority students uh, parents who aren't necessarily engaged because they're working two jobs or they're a single parent working two jobs or whatever it may be kids go and sit in a room you know and that's pretty much it and uh, so the, the charter schools are a failure the many the the public schools have endured for a couple of hundred years simply because they work. Right. Whether it's a one room school out in the the hinterland where a teacher has all the grades in one room and does her best because it was a her always usually, um, or you know like the ones I went to, which were fairly decent city schools with uh, some teachers that that weren't certified. They had a program called in service training. Or if you had some college, you didn't even have to have a degree. You could go every summer to a local teacher's college and take classes and get certified for another year. Right. Uh, and they may have to do something like that again. But there's so much working against teachers now. I just saw in Florida that they've got rules in place. No teacher can bring in an outside book that isn't part of the curriculum. <laughs> no teacher can uh, order books from Scholastic. Which was, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, that was, 
you know, the teachers would get a, a, a booklet from Scholastic Books and you could go through and, and find the ones you wanted and she would put in an order and you'd spend a couple of bucks and you'd get your book in a, in a month or so. And it was a red letter day. Yeah, that's it was where a cool I got, thing. Uh, yeah, you couldn't get books like, you know, I wanted, uh, that's where I found the Fellowship of the Ring and, and got me into the Lord of the Rings from that. I read the blurb about it. It sounded interesting. So I got turned on to uh, uh, to uh, Tolkien. And, and from that, Kurt Vonnegut and so forth and so forth and so forth. None of that was part of our curriculum, but it got it spoke to me and it got me reading and made me a much better student. Why don't they want to do that? Because some of the books aren't racist that's why right right well yeah we're, we're gonna read nothing but tom sawyer all fucking day but no that's uh, banned that's yeah. banned <laughs> but that's racist <laughs> well it is and it isn't i mean if you it uses words that were yeah. common at the time okay uh, but uh mark twain was not a racist mark twain was probably one of the most woke people of his day you know, he did things like, uh, you know, pay for Helen Keller's college and different things like that. I mean, he was a pretty decent guy. Right. And, and, uh, I think every, every major author, I know Hemingway and Faulkner both said the American novel began or American literature began with Mark Twain. Yeah. Nothing, yeah. nothing before matters. And that's pretty much true if you've ever tried to read James Fenimore Cooper, for example. <laughs> yeah, no question. A couple, one, one, one more thing about education, then I want to bring something up that it just seems fucking crazy. Um, if I got a kid in school, I want the highest paid teacher pay, teaching my kid. I want the Absolutely. best teacher. I want the most valuable, not the cheapest, not the dumbest, not the most Republican. I want the highest paid, brightest teacher teaching my kid. And if they do the things they're going to do, that's not going to be the case. And I got to think there's going to be some parents that are just not going to be having this. Let's get off education just for a second. I just saw something uh, um, on TV uh, just kind of one of those chirons that go across the bottom. And I can see what's happening. Maybe you know more about this. The Republicans are in desperation mode. They are scared shitless because of what's going on in Mar-a-Lago. And we'll talk about that after the after the break. But they are scared to death. And you know how I know they're scared to death? The GOP representatives in the House of Representatives have put out a scathing report about Joe Biden's withdrawal of Afghanistan, something that happened a fucking year ago. They yeah. are trying desperately to change the narrative. Sorry, fucks, it ain't going to work. Yeah, I, I was watching this morning. I usually watch Morning Joe and a couple other things in the morning. And, you know, they made reference to this being the anniversary of the pullout and so forth. People got to remember, number one, that wasn't Joe's choice. That That was already set in stone before he became president. I mean, Trump, Trump cut the deal. Him, Trump cut the deal and Trump set the deadline. Okay. It could have been handled better, but the president is just the president. He's an executive, right? The, this was a military operation from start to finish. Get us out of there. They had, you know, the time that they had. And uh, I think they miscalculated on the strength of the Taliban and how the, the people would see that we were living, leaving. Yeah. And so a lot of the ones that were on the fence, maybe even some of the ones that had been fighting with us, decided, uh-oh, 
They're, they're, we, they saw what we did with the Kurds twice, right. three times, three times. Yeah. And, uh, uh, they, they're throwing us under the bus. So let's join up with the Taliban. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. They so, folded uh, up because they had no chance, but, but that, but that tells you something. When you've got a former president stealing top secret documents and potentially selling them to our, to adversarial countries, all they can come up with, yeah, but what did you do in Afghanistan when it wasn't really even his fault? These fuckers are desperate. They're in trouble, and they know they're in trouble. Well, oh, yeah. And as you say, they're doing everything they can to change the narrative. And it's really unfortunate in a way that the, the, the search warrant uh, on Mar-a-Lago was served the week that Biden had some of his biggest wins or in the two week period that he had some of his biggest wins where he had the uh, uh, he killed uh, the terrorist. He uh, got the, the major legislation, several pieces of major legislation through and uh, generally had a very good thing going. Uh, we had a, a month of zero increase in inflation. We had gas prices falling, everything his way. And this has taken a little bit of the shine off of that. So now yeah. they're trying to push this uh, this Afghan debacle. It was a debacle from word go, from the first day we went in there until the day we left. It was a debacle. I'm sorry. It's been the bane of every civilization since the Romans, for God, since the Greeks, for God's sake. It, it should have been shut down, and we should have been pulled out after the first year, but not one president, including Obama, had the balls to fucking do it. So somebody had to do it. It wasn't going to be pretty, and Biden did it, and it wasn't fucking pretty. But but like you say, here's the ironic thing. Uh in the last couple of weeks, Biden got the CHIP Act passed, the PACT right. Act for the uh, veterans, the right. uh, the uh, Inflation Reduction Bill, which is transformational. And, uh, um, of course, and so Donald Trump. Hearing. Yeah. And, and, and then, of course, Donald Trump is being showed to be a fucking traitor by stealing documents. And that's beyond also being behind the attempted coup of this country. Yeah, I got to think Go the Afghanistan thing is not going to take people's eyes off what's really the fucking news. No, it isn't. And you made reference earlier to the indictments coming. It's going to be a flurry. There's oh, not going to be just yeah. one. There's two in New York he's going to be indicted on because he's guilty. I mean, the Trump organization on one of them, uh, taxes on the other one. Then you've got Georgia and then, then you've got the, the um, J6 committee with J6 the grand jury committee. and the DOJ has it. Right. So uh, yeah, all of this together, plus the documents, uh, he's going to be in a courtroom of some sort for the rest of his life. Well, and, and, and as I've said to people before, it's not just Donald Trump. No. I mean, with regards to those documents, Do Donald Trump didn't load them in the boxes. He didn't transport them down to Mar-a-Lago. He wasn't the one following these boxes all over the place. There are going to be people around him dropping like flies, and they're going to do one of two things. They are going to go down or they are going to flip. And everybody who flips is going to be pointed at Donald Trump because that's why I want to do a, do a hat that says Trump 2022, so fucked because he is so fucked. Yeah, I mean, if I were somebody and I knew something, there's no way I would want to go to prison. Oh, because, hell no. Not for Donald uh, you know, Trump. 
look what happened to Jeffrey Epstein. Look what happened to Ivana Trump. Yeah. I mean, uh, is it Ivana or Ivanka? I mean, Ivana. Anyway, Ivana. Uh, I mean, I don't think she'd hit the ground on those stairs before they had her in the grave. I don't think there was an autopsy. And uh, I just, I really believe he had her offed. I mean, there's, so? in the back of in the back of my mind, it's a possibility. I'm just saying, Trump is Bob. That's what everybody got has to get in their head. He is no different than the Godfather, except he's not as smart. No, he's but a he lot is dumber. As, he's as much of a mobster as any mafia figure you have ever seen. And he was brought into it by Roy Cohn, who was a mob lawyer. And uh, the connections are there. You don't do real estate in New York, New Jersey, that area, unless you're in with the mob. It doesn't happen because they come to you and say, well, if you want that building up, uh, you're going to have to pay. And you do. And then you get to know people. And then maybe you get to be a made guy. Maybe you get to be a wise guy. Maybe you're a friend of ours, whatever. He's with, he's in with the mob. He always has been. His kids are in with the mob. Jared Kushner's dad was mob. Jared Kushner is mob. It's all mob. Well, you know, I've often said that Donald Trump is definitely the leader of a gang. Yes. Unfortunately for Donald Trump, that's the fucking Apple Dumpling gang because they're (laughs) dumb as fuck. Well, yeah, I mean, I can't believe that. Look at Rudy Giuliani. Here was America's mayor. Everybody thought he was great. And then he turns out it's it's terrible when the idol's feet turn out to be clay, as they say, yeah. because that it topples right over. And and that's and he's made out to he now he's a fool. I mean, he's a court jester. He is this is his legacy. This is what he will always be seen as this little cronish creature who uh, scrabbles around at, at Trump's feet trying to get crumbs. And uh oh, by the way. The lawyer that told the DOJ that nothing to see here. You got all the stuff. There's no more. Uh, and no signed more a document to that effect. Right. She Her previous job was as an anchor for OAN. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Now you look at the lawyers of Donald Trump and they have one trait. That's they're lousy. <laughs> well, no, not not only that they're lousy, but they're they're relatively attractive women. Yeah, he, he didn't get them for their uh, legal acumen. He just likes the way people look or how much fame somebody has. And clearly, he's made some bad choices. I mean, take Herschel Walker running against Raphael Warnock. Uh, this guy is a fucking imbecile. It I'll, is, and it's depressing to me. He's doing as well as he is. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to beat Warnock. I just, I don't think that's going to be the case. To be perfectly honest with you, with all the things going against him, if he did even get in, he wouldn't be long for this world because he is so stupid and he would be so exposed for all the things he's done and all the things he would do if you give him some power. Well, look at it this way, though. You've got people that have been in government in Washington for a long time. You've got Jim Jordan, who's never offered a single piece of legislation. All he does is run his mouth, carry water for the uh, the worst part of the Republican Party. You've got uh, Bobert and uh, um, 
Green and, and all of these others crazy running around. He's going to be right in there with Louis Gohmert and all of these these morons, you know, because uh, and all they will do is travel around and run their mouth. And, uh, you know, he'll be managed better, maybe, if should he get in or something. But um, it, it, it would be depressing to me to such an extent that I don't know what uh, I would seriously consider moving to a different country if he got elected. Yeah, I'm I don't, talking I, Herschel. Yeah, I don't see Herschel getting getting elected. I, I just don't see it. I mean, everything that happens around Herschel Walker is a – a fucking embarrassment. And we've seen a lot of things and a lot of things have come out that are embarrassing and expose him for the idiot he is. But if you know about politics and you understand both parties, Republicans and Democrats, they're pretty fucking vicious. I have a feeling between now and November, something even bigger, something even worse about Herschel Walker is going to come out. And about Oz, there's going to be the October surprise, and it's not going to go well. Well, I'm I'm hoping so because I wouldn't want to be want to see either one of them in a position to uh, because you know they're not there to do anything for the American people. They're there to do what they're told, or in the case of Oz, to make a lot of money. I mean, that's obviously his uh, only uh, reason for being. I mean, he's been hawking worthless medical cures for the last 20 years. And I'd, Oprah, what were you thinking? You know, yeah. I've, I've always had a fairly positive uh, impression of Oprah, but she gave us both Oz and Dr. Phil. And I'm sorry, but they're both nothing but a couple of charlatans. And it, 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 it doesn't speak well for her that that's the case. I'll be honest with you. I've never been a huge fan of Oprah, and and it's not a race thing. It's nothing like that. It's just another person, another American, taking an opportunity and uh, getting extremely wealthy from it. Uh, I, you know, don't get me wrong. She may have done some good things, and that's fine. That was part of the show. But I, you know, when somebody gets to that level and you watch them talk, you can see this this air of superiority in their minds. Now, granted, you're famous and granted, you're rich, but that doesn't make you superior over anybody. And she seems to embrace that. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I don't necessarily have that impression. I'm just sorry that. Well, she, you're uh, wrong. Look at Ellen. <laughs> well, there is that, you yeah. know, but uh, but um, I just um, I don't know. I, uh, I I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. I just don't think she has very good gut judgment when it comes to some people. Well, clearly, yeah, clearly not. You know, I, I it's like anybody who gets to a point where they're making a lot of money, sometimes integrity, sometimes um, logic and decency goes out the door when it comes up against making money. And I, I feel like when, you know, what happens with people like Oprah, they start believing their own press clippings. You know, people treat them like gods and treat them like superiors. So now they think they are. So now they go to restaurants and expect to be treated a certain way. They expect to be paid millions of dollars for just opening their pie hole. And and, and they lose themselves in it. They begin to believe that they are better than other people. And that's where I have a fucking problem with it. Yeah, and and it's it's depressing how quickly you can become rich just by being 
uh, a loudmouth. Uh, Lauren Bobert or Bebert, whatever her name is, and uh, Bobert and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene have both both made a tremendous amount of money uh, in the last two years. Yeah, I mean, uh, they have made billions just by going around and uh, spreading their bullshit, and that's depressing to most people. I would think it should be. I mean, here's uh, here if if. If the reports we've heard are are true, and I don't know if she was an escort, and I don't know if Ted Cruz gave her the money to get started. I don't know if that's true or not. I've heard both. But uh, I imagine the truth will come out eventually. Yeah. But I, I know before that, uh, from from what I've heard, you know, she managed a couple of restaurants and uh, barely, they barely, her husband's check came but kept him afloat from what I've heard. A couple of articles I've read, they've always teetered on the, the edge of, uh, of being closed simply because they weren't very good. Right. Uh, the food wasn't good. And in one case, it poisoned a bunch of people, but uh, that's, that's uh, usually a, that's usually you know, will drag you down a bit, uh, just a little bit. And, you know, uh, um, she was the right, she came along at the right time when somebody was retiring, I think. And, you know, just by, Whatever reason, maybe by Ted, I don't know, she was able to get a foothold in. And they're in districts where most of the people aren't very bright, so that doesn't right. help either. But it offends me that they are making this much money from simply being idiots. Well, I, t- I tell you this, um, if being a loudmouth was the only criteria you needed for being rich, I'd be millionaires. The, yeah, we'd be millionaires. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm the exception that proves the rule because I'm a loudmouth. Maybe it's because I'm not willing to give up on my integrity. I'm not willing to cheat other people. See, that's the thing. It's being a loud mouth and having no integrity. That's yeah. what it's taking to get rich. And, and people, for whatever reason, buy into these dumb fucks because they think they're of themselves as lesser than. So they've got to follow some dumb fuck leader who just talks loud. And, and unfortunately, <coughs> we have a lot of people in this country that are willing to do that. We had Marjorie Taylor Greene yesterday talking to a bunch of people about uh, um, solar power and saying, <laughs> I like to stay up late and I, I don't want the lights to go off when the sun goes down. You know, I mean, this is the <laughs> level this is the level of uh, intellectual uh, activity that goes on inside her head. She believes and Trump is no better. No. I mean, he, with all the stuff he believes about wind power and so forth, that if the wind doesn't blow, then you don't have power and so forth and so on. They don't understand because they don't want to. But um, th- that speaks to a level of just not caring, thinking you can say any damn thing you want to and people will believe it. And I guess the reason they do that is because it's true. Yeah. If you're speaking to the right people, They'll believe any damn thing you say. I, you know, I've often said that. I, I said, if I was that type of person, if talking to people and lying or rifting or whatever, if that works, I, I don't have the, the, uh, it's not in me to do that. But I think physically, if I wanted to, I could fucking be very good at that. I mean, I could be a cult leader. Just yeah. lying and cheating and stealing. I, I, you know, I talk well enough where I could convince a certain amount of people, not everybody, certainly. And the, it's just a sad thing. I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We'll talk some about the Mara, 
Mar-a-Lago thing because I find that so fucking entertaining. So <laughs> me too. We'll be right back. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We are back. And, of course, Ed, the big news for the last week or so has been Mar-a-Lago, the uh, search warrant that was executed, the fact that they found top-secret documents, even above top secret documents, documents that might pertain to um, nuclear weapons. This has all been quite a breaking story, quite frightening when you really think about it. And it seems like the Republicans really want to try anything, do anything, say anything to make it go away, but it's just not working. Right. Well, uh, it's not working because... Quite simply, uh, I think Merrick uh, Garland, who was taking a lot of guff from a lot of people for a long time, has been playing the long game. Absolutely. uh, Remember, this is the guy who got Timothy McVeigh. Right. This is the guy who spent a long time getting all the ducks in the row, finding uh, everything that he needed to find out who blew up the Oklahoma City the uh, um, federal building and who was involved. He got them all. And uh, and he proved the case without a shadow of a doubt because he was meticulous and he right. played the long game. And that's what he's doing here. I think he, his hand was almost forced in the, the documents at Mar-a-Lago simply because we have very important information there that uh, would harm the country, uh, we assume, fairly badly if it got into the wrong hands. Now, I just noticed the Kremlin said, hey, we got that stuff already. And yeah. maybe they do. <laughs> maybe they do. Well, that, know, wouldn't sur- I- that wouldn't surprise me at all. Like I said, the idea that Donald Trump had him sitting there for 18 months and did nothing with him, that sounds ridiculous. It does. Of course, he's been busy doing other. I mean, he has a short attention span. You got to you got to believe that. And, uh, you know, he's been uh, he's been running around doing his rallies and so forth. And he's been away from Mar-a-Lago a lot, especially during this time of the year when it's a kind of a pretty much a ghost town uh, because it's too hot and muggy. People don't want to be there. Right. You know, things will, uh, will once the autumn comes, autumn, winter and spring. That's when Mar-a-Lago's humming. Right. right now, very few people there. I don't even know if it's open to visitors or not. It it might be, but I know there were very few there anyway. But when he left office in 2021, it was January. Right. First place he headed, Mar-a-Lago, and he was there till what, May? Yeah. Then he came back for the – he probably got out of there for the summer. But when it got back to uh, – December, he was back in Mar-a-Lago. He spent a lot of time there. He's at least spent two seasons there. So he's had plenty of time to uh, to utilize those documents. And it, it's been so hard for the Republicans because there really is no explanation for this. 
I mean, the crimes have been committed. When he took them from the White House, crime. When he lied to the DOJ about not having any more, that's a crime. When he has possessions of top, top secret stuff that shouldn't be outside of SCIF, crime. Now it's a matter of what he did with those things once he had them. And this is where I think we're going to find something out. Merrick Garland, as you said, is very methodical, very meticulous about what they've done. They were so concerned about what was going on at Mar-a-Lago with those documents that, first of all, they ordered them. They knew they were there, and they were trying to negotiate to get back the shit they stole. And they said they ordered him to lock it up, and he did by putting a fucking padlock. And we know, of course, there's nothing that baffles Chinese and Russian spies more than a fucking padlock. Which is fucking ridiculous. But we also found out, you brought this up earlier, maybe before we were on the air, that uh, they had surveillance cameras. They were tapped into surveillance cameras in Mar-a-Lago for 60 days leading up to the search. So they could see what was going on and some strange shit was going on. They were moving the boxes in and out. Well, yeah. And, And in fact... It sounds like after the DOJ was there at one particular time, they go back and watch the video. And as soon as the DOJ is there and gone, they're moving that shit. So they're clearly trying to hide it. They know it's bad shit. They know they should not have that shit. So they are making a concerted effort to hide it. Yeah, one thing that's been put forward was that Trump's leaving the White House was very chaotic because he hadn't expected to have to. Uh, he was thinking all of the junk that he was uh, was was uh, putting out there was going to allow him to declare martial law, do whatever, so that he was able to stay in power. Now, uh, if he if he was if he was that deluded, okay, that's possible. So that they just grabbed everything and threw it in a U-Haul, I guess, and took it down to to Mar-a-Lago and. Uh, some was uh, classified, some was not, whatever, and that nobody really knew what was in it. I think that's bullshit myself. I think he was very careful about what he took with him. Uh, some of it seems weird. Uh, a pardon for uh, Roger Stone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he wound up commuting Roger Stone's sentence, but I don't believe he pardoned him, right? Right. He so, commuted the sentence. Yeah, so there was uh, there was some kind of a disconnect there, unless he was thinking he was going to need to pardon him later. I don't know. Uh, the stuff about the, the France, uh, maybe uh, they were going to release stuff to try to help Le Pen uh, in the election and decided not to. I'm not sure. But uh, uh, all of it seems very strange. But, you know, then you have the flat out classified material. Um, that uh, it doesn't seem to be that it would be something that would be accidentally uh, in his possession simply because it's very specific about where it can even be looked at. Right. And that's that includes that doesn't include the residents in, in the White House, for example. It has to be a very secure federal facility. Right. Right. Well, and, you know, the thing is, uh, one of the listeners brought up something that I hadn't thought about, and it makes a lot of sense, or at least gives us something to think about. You remember when he lost the election, Donald Trump? 
And there was supposed to be some kind of transition team. The Bidens had a transition team and they were going to work with Donald Trump's team to make the transition as smooth and as nonviolent as possible, which is ironic now that we know what happened on January 6th. But you remember what Donald Trump did. He said, no, Uh, he said, no, right. even up to the time they were, I, first of all, I think up to January 6th, he really believed in his mind he was staying in office. He had this thing dicked and figured out he was not leaving on January 20th. He really believed that. Then after January 6th, it became a little more apparent. Now we're two weeks out from Joe Biden actually coming into office and him having to get his ass out. I made the comparison of like when we were young kids, you know, we'd be hanging around the house and mom and dad say, you know, we're going to go out for the weekend. We're going to go out of town. You guys behave here. Don't have any fucking parties. And of course, the moment they were gone, (laughs) we had a party. Right. But then on the day they're supposed to come home or the day before they're supposed to come home, they go, oh, we got lonely. We're on our way back. We'll be back in two hours. <laughs> oh, fuck. Now I got to clean this shit up. And I really right. believe that's what Donald Trump was doing. He believed he was going to stay in office. And then when it became realistic that he wasn't going to stay in office, we better straighten this shit out. We better fucking hide some shit. And I believe that's what he fucking did. I think you're right. And we know that he was Putin's boy. I mean, oh, no question. there's a, a couple of photographs of him with Putin, with Putin looking like he's sitting in the catbird seat and Trump looking like that. Uh, he's looking like a little kid that got chewed out. Right. Uh, right. Uh, he is looking very despondent. He's looking very uh, beaten. And uh, I think Putin probably gave him a list of what he wanted and he had accumulated it. And he was planning on giving it to Putin in the second term and he didn't have time to transfer it. So he took it to Mar-a-Lago. I think that's part of what it could possibly be, because I do think that he was so beholden to Putin that uh, he would have had to give him anything he wanted or be taken down. And I, I really think that's the case. No, I, I think that's the case too. But they also, he also wanted to generate income because he's always looking at ways to make money. And I think his new, uh, his new sugar daddy is Saudi Arabia. I don't think as much money is coming from, uh, Russia as there once was because he's become really pointless to them. Um, so now it's a matter of payback time with Russia. But now he's grifting Saudi Arabia. He's bringing in this golf, golf uh, tournament. And, uh, you know, he's going over there. His son-in-law got $2 billion. Mnuchin got a a billion dollars. And if people don't think that Donald Trump got a taste of both of those things, you're fucking crazy. You know, he got some money out of that. Then the question is, why did they give him the money? Because they want to manage, manage, they want, Kushner to manage $2 billion. They don't have other options. They got billions and trillions of dollars. They don't need Kushner. There had to be a reason they gave it to him, had to be a reason why they gave it to Mnuchin, who was a uh, secretary of the treasury. Um, It's very fishy shit here. And that's why I'm wondering if Merrick Gardland doesn't have more information about exactly what he did with the shit. Uh, I, I almost have to believe that there's a lot more to come, that this was this his hand was kind of forced here because they they wanted to get that information back 
before it could be passed on, although it may already have been, we don't know. Uh, I know that um, Michael Flynn and Jared Kushner and some others pushed very hard with Trump to try to get nuclear technology given to Saudi Arabia during the early part of Trump's first, uh, well, his only term. Right, and, and they uh, wanted to and, go around. They wanted to go around Congress on this, and too. Congress shut them down on it and said, "No, you cannot do that." And uh, I think they probably are still trying to do exactly that. If they didn't just go ahead and do it, I mean, just because Congress told them they couldn't, just because they passed a law, doesn't mean that that's going to stop Donald Trump. Oh hell, you no. know. I mean, he doesn't give a shit for any laws. He's broken probably every law that there is on the books that he's ever come in contact with. Yeah. I mean, this is an evil, evil man, uh, and, and people forget that, uh, and you can't forget that. I mean, uh, this is not a normal person. This is a man with no conscience at all and nothing but self-interest, a, a total sociopath and, to a certain extent, psychopath for that much, because I do think that he had Harvey Epstein killed without a, a single thought because he knew that he would be implicated because he was involved. I'm not sure that he didn't have his own ex-wife killed. It would not surprise me because he is a mobster. And uh, and it just the whole situation smells. Well, I've, that- I've, not, I've not seen anything from the kids either. This is what bothers me. Have you seen the grave? I saw the grave, yeah. It's pretty poor. Yeah, it's pretty weak. It, it's it's like a gravel pile. I don't even <laughs> know that it has a headstone yet. I mean, it's 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 pathetic. You know, um, I've had I've had a little debate about that that uh, grave with some some listeners, and it, it's kind of disappointing to me when I hear this when Democrats are saying this. A lot of people are saying, "Well, he put documents in Ivana's grave." I don't think that, no. That, that makes no sense to me. You know, people want to argue with me about it, and that's fine. If you believe he did, that's fine. Here's my take on it. If you have these documents, you want to use them to benefit yourself. Right. Why would you put them in a place where you cannot access them? And if you're just making copies of them, it's no you're no better off having copies of these documents than actually having the documents. So you're not saving yourself from anything. And if you're really trying to hide the shit, why not put all the documents in there and not have the problems he's having now? It just it makes no sense. And it troubles me when I hear Democrats say that because they're buying into some ridiculous conspiracy theory. There's plenty of actual shit happening. We need to focus on that as opposed to the bullshit. That said, uh, do you remember uh, Ocean's Eleven, the original? Uh, vaguely, I don't. I don't remember the story. Uh, uh, the whole plot was that they were they were basically uh, a scam in a casino, and the the way they did it was to get everything out in the uh, coffin uh, to be buried, and uh, one of their own died during the, uh, the during the heist. So they got everything in his coffin to be buried that they would dig up better, dig up later. Sammy Davis Jr. even has a song <laughs> that, <laughs> re- that relates to it. But uh, that's the first thing I thought of uh, was the, the Ocean's Eleven plot. And, uh, uh, yeah, I can kind of – there's I, and when I saw the eight guys struggling with that coffin that's supposed to contain the ashes of a 73-year-old woman – I'm, I'm, I, I realize that coffins are heavy, uh, 
sometimes. Yeah. Usually six people carry them. I've been a pallbearer, yeah. and it, they're not uh, they're not light by any stretch of the imagination. But six guys can usually handle them without too much trouble. But there were eight guys struggling to get that one down the steps of the cathedral. So. Uh, and there was no autopsy. There, the time was, you know, so compressed. And the, the, the grave itself is not a loving tribute. No, it's, it's like not. I, my, I'm buried a dog with more pomp and circumstance than that. Yeah. Well, you know, if you told me Donald Trump stuffed a bunch of gold he stole or jewelry or money in there, that wouldn't surprise me. It's kind of like a covert bank account when everything falls apart. I could see him doing that. I just yeah. don't think the documents make any sense. And then, then no. you've got, then you've got some of these Republicans coming out. Well, he must not have done anything bad with those documents because they're still there. <laughs> and I laugh. I go, you don't think Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago at the very least has a mimeograph machine making <laughs> copies of that shit? You don't even have to give him the fucking hard copies. You can have some mimosa and have a fucking viewing party. People, well, I, I heard, yeah, and I heard this morning somebody said that he would reject copies of, of, uh, documents and demand the original. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, the, the real question here is, okay, Donald, you stole them from the White House. Crime. You lied to the DOJ. That's a crime. You're holding copies of top, top secret shit, which is a crime. They're out of the skiff. They're unprotected. That's a crime. The real question is here, Donald, please explain to me why you have them, why you felt it necessary to take them from the White House down to Mar-a-Lago, especially since you're no longer the president. I mean, we know while you were in office, you didn't even read your briefings. Why do you need these down here? The only explainable reason is that he's using them to make money gain influence, or for leverage? That's the only answer to it. Oh, I, I, I agree with you a thousand percent, uh, both that there are no documents in Ivanka's grave, and also that uh, he have, he has never answered that question, and it's been asked more than once, why these documents? Why did you take these? He, he can't answer. He has no answer. Well, he did uh, answer once. Did he? he? I must have missed it. Well, he didn't answer, but I think people around him answered. Well, you know, he's like all of us. You know, when you're at work, sometimes you take your work home with you. You know, yeah, I heard that. Homework yeah. at home. Fuck you. That's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing is, a document like that, every one of them comes with a handler. Okay? Right. It's not like you send your secretary down to the Defense Department to get the latest nuclear uh, codes or whatever, and she stops at the coffee shop on the way back and accidentally leaves them on the table. No, that doesn't happen. This this comes in armored cars and crap, you know, with guards. And um, anything like this is, uh, I mean, when I was in military intelligence, the daily weather report was classified, for God's sake. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, it's uh, it's a very meticulous process. And uh, nothing, nothing is taken accidentally anywhere. Well, unless it's the Trump administration. And the the reason I, reason I bring this up is first of all, uh, I saw somebody that was part of intelligence uh, in a previous administration and they say, 
I don't even know how he got this shit because right. it, it's almost impossible to remove from the skiff or without being noticed, as you pointed out. Now, that said, I saw an interview with a woman, don't remember her name, but she was like a an advisor to uh, Mike Pence. And she's the one that's, you know, maybe a year ago came out and started speaking against Pence and Trump and all that shit. Yeah. She claims that while she was in 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 the White House, she went into the woman's bathroom <laughs> and she saw some top secret documents just laying there. Somebody somebody was probably on the toilet reading top secret documents and forgot them on the sink. She found them in there. Of course, she immediately took them to security. But that just kind of tells you the shit show that was going on in the White House at that time. Yeah, and then, no, no pun show. intended. <laughs> speaking of shit shows, you remember Omarosa Manigault? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Omarosa. Okay. Yeah. She was on The Apprentice a couple of times. And, uh, um, you know, she played a part. Uh, she had actually worked in the Clinton White House, um, and she became a part of the Apprentice, and she became a villain. She I was mean, a villain, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, but in the same way that Trump was playing a character, because he was not a successful businessman, he played one on TV, they right. decided she'd be the villain, right? right. So right. I don't know what she's really like in real life or anything else, but... When uh, when she left, she was dismissed from the White House. I don't remember the exact circumstances, but she left. But she signed an NDA. Right. Uh, well, uh, a judge just overturned it and said, "No, uh, they can't enforce this NDA on on uh, Amorosa." So now she's free to speak. Right. So I think we may learn some things uh, that uh, because she's not unintelligent, she isn't. I mean, she's an accomplished woman. She managed to get into the Clinton White House and then the Trump White House. So um, she's got some stuff on the ball. And forget about Omarosa you saw on TV. That's not her any more than Trump is the guy you saw on TV. He's much worse. (laughs) But he's he's not an intelligent businessman is what he's not. Omarosa's smart, but she's fucking evil. And her credibility is is, suspicious i i don't know that i trust everything she says but somebody said something once and i think we're kind of on this trail that uh, um when the first indictment falls then they're going to come out of the sky like manna from heaven people don't want to be the first one to do something like this because it's potentially embarrassing well i think this search by the doj maybe something that broke some things loose. It's now becoming apparent that Donald Trump is going down and going hard. And I think what this means is we're going to see a lot of people turning around and talking. Now, they've waited too long to step away from Donald Trump. They are stuck. They are stinking of Donald Trump and will for the rest of their their careers. But they want to stay out of jail. So you're going to see a lot of people now coming to the J6 committee, coming to the DOJ, giving up whatever happens. So the avalanche has started to fall. And once it starts to fall, there's no way of stopping it. It's going to bury Donald Trump and everybody around him. You know, I, I agree a thousand percent with that. And we saw that happen with the J6 committee where in the beginning it was a few people, and then suddenly it was a lot more people. 
Right. It was people you didn't expect, like Mark Mulvaney, the, the chief of staff for right. a while. Uh, I mean, this guy was a, a major Trumper, and now he's pretty much singing like a canary um, and uh, quite forthcoming. We saw Mark Meadows as the chief of staff who uh, refused to testify, but did he? But did he really? Uh, he gave up his phones that have all of the uh, the different texts and so forth from a, a certain wife of a certain Supreme Court justice, for example, right. and 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 others, and and he has still never been served. Uh, uh, I mean, um, who, who who's the guy that they put the irons on the the handcuffs on? Uh, Navarro. Navarro. They've never they've never gone after Meadows like they went after Navarro for exactly the same thing. Well, now, I think he's. I, I think he's. I think he is very much cooperating, and a lot of the stuff they're getting is coming straight from him. Oh, As no chief question. of staff, he would have known about those documents, don't you think? Absolutely, he would know about the documents, and a lot of people have suggested he's the one that told them where they were and all this other stuff. But here's the thing with Mark Meadows: he didn't show up for a subpoena, but he did turn over tens of thousands of documents, which. Gave yep. the January 6th committee a big headway. He didn't want to appear to be going against Donald Trump for fear of being violence committed upon him or, or pissing off Donald Trump. But you're right. He's been real quiet. They didn't decide to go after him because he ignored the subpoena, partially because he partially complied and partially because he was so close to Donald Trump. But it is funny. With all this shit going down, you don't hear a thing out of Mark Meadows. And I think you're absolutely right. This guy's out to save his fucking life, and he should be, because he's almost as culpable as Donald Trump. He was the guy that was standing next to Donald Trump through all this, through January 6th, through the documents and all this stuff. He's the one guy that knew everything because he was the closest to Donald Trump. The fact that we're not hearing from him and the fact that the DOJ is tearing into Donald Trump tells me unequivocally that he's fucking cooperating. Yeah, there's so much going on. It's hard to keep track without a scorecard. Who's the guy whose phone they just took? Uh, um, Scott Perry. Perry, right. Okay, now he's the guy who introduced the uh, the DOJ guy who wanted to take over as attorney general. Jeffrey Clark. Uh, Clark to Trump. So there's a whole thing going on there, too. Just, you know, you've I think you've used this this reference before about carnies, right? And that's, yeah. that's what we're dealing with here. I mean, when I was, when I was younger, I loved myself a carnival because they used to travel around here in late summer. They'd show up and they had the freak show and the side shows and all of that. And, and then they had the midway where you could, uh, you could win stuff, you know, and it was all, you, everybody knew it was rigged, but you went in and you played anyway because somebody, they'd let somebody win every now and then. Right. Uh, you'd see a kid walking around with a giant teddy bear. Oh, look, a kid won. That means I can win too. So it's sleight of hand. It's, it's let some win. Everybody else loses kind of thing. This was the Trump White House. It was nothing but a carnival and, uh, everybody was complicit. Everybody knew everybody was on the take. Everybody was a grifter. Everybody was, uh, guilty. I mean, Absolutely. you can throw a, you know, so this is the thing. Everybody's a little bit guilty. Some are more guilty than others. Some got more than others. Some were, were worse than others, but they're all guilty. 
So now they have to give up enough to try to slink away with whatever they they're able to keep because they know their careers are over. They will never serve again. No, at least at, at least we hope not, because there are a lot of people who were in the Nixon administration who showed up again in yeah. uh, the W. Bush administration, which was really pathetic because they they got to fuck us up twice. So, right, uh, right. you know, some of these guys may be back. That's why I say we need two Democratic administrations back to back to wash the country clean of the stench of Republicanism. Yeah, no question. You're, you're right. They are a bunch of carnies. Unfortunately, the majority of their show was the freak show. They're all part of the freak show. All the time this was going on, they knew they were involved in criminal activity. They knew that, and they were doing it anyway for the power, the money, the wind, whatever you want to call it. The problem is starting to arise now, which makes them nervous, is they knew they were committing crimes. But now they know, we know, and we have some evidence of it. Now they become sorry for what they've done. They had no idea. We we were just doing what we were told. They got caught. And uh, we haven't even seen the numbers of people that are going to be exposed for their crime. The J6 committee is going to do it with sitting members of Congress. I'm convinced of that. This situation with the documents and Donald Trump it's going to expose so much shit. It's going to show this country that the Republicans are actually anti-American. And in Georgia, it's not just Donald Trump. It's Lindsey Graham and it's Rudy Giuliani and God knows who else. Cause Mark Meadows, Mark Meadows was down there too. Yeah. But you don't hear his name come up there either. That's why I'm saying he's cooperating. I he's mean, he be has cooperating. Exactly. My wife pointed out something this morning. That it, I, I hadn't forgotten because I, I realize it's the case, but this is not just in the United States. Trump is a symptom of a worldwide phenomena, and it's a, it's a resurgence of fascism. Absolutely. You're seeing it in Hungary. You're seeing it in Italy. You're seeing it in France. They're not making it yet, but they're trying. Le Pen is just another fascist, uh, the um, uh, Orban, another fascist. You see them everywhere. All of the the prince down in Saudi Arabia, uh, he wears a different kind of costume, but he's just a fascist when it comes right down to it. They all are. Some of them are tinged with a religion or something like that. But the idea is you have a strong man running a country for the benefit of a small group of people and everybody else is a slave. And it's, it's resurgent all across the country. And, uh, it, but for, we almost, we dodged a bullet once because back around 1939 when Hitler was ascending, when he was, when he was on top in, uh, in Europe, um, that had been a gradual thing and it almost happened here. I mean, we had in 1939, we had 20,000 people in Madison Square Garden who were celebrating Adolf Hitler. We had the German Bund that had um, um, sections all over the country in every major city who were in love with Hitler and wanting us to have our own Fuhrer. So it, uh, Fuhrer. But it, uh, it, it fortunately, we got attacked by the Japanese and uh, who were allied with the, the Europe, you know, with Germany, and we entered the war, and that pretty much put an end to it. But it could have gone; it could have gone a different way. 
And we had famous people that were backing the fascist. Oh, we had Henry Ford. Henry DuPont. Ford, Grandpa Bush. Oh, yeah. You know, we had uh, uh, fucking oh, Grandpa Trump. Charles Lindbergh. Yeah. They were all supporting Adolf Hitler and fascism. So we were on the edge, not unlike we are today, back, like you say, in 3940 and in, in, in through the World War II thing. But, um, yeah, we, we've been here before. We beat it down before, and I think we're well on our way to beating it down this time. I think too much has gone to pa- come to pass and too much has been exposed. They lost. They lost again. Well, they lost because if they had had a better figure than Trump, it might have worked. Yeah. If they had had a, a DeSantis before they had a Trump, it might have worked. If they could have gotten a, a Cruz or somebody like that in, it might have worked. It might have. But you it know, won't work now because Trump is just so vile and so stupid and so awful that anybody with eyes to see, ears to hear, and a nose to smell can see for what he is. I mean, you know, there's a certain group of rabble that are always going to be fooled because they're the same ones who go to the carny and and lose their uh, week's wages trying to win a stuffed animal at a rigged game because they're stupid, but they have this hubris that thinks they're the one who can win. I've always said all you have to do is let Donald Trump talk or do something and he will fuck it up. And that's clearly what's going on. Now I just want to, I want to debate with you on something here and I get tired of hearing this all the time. The people always refer to DeSantis as the smart one. I disagree <laughs> that he's, I disagree that he's the smart one. Oh, and I don't reason, think he's smart either. He may be smarter than Donald Trump, but here's the deal. If I'm DeSantis and I'm looking at this situation, I'm and I see Donald Trump going down and I see this fascist shit coming up and stuff. And I'm Ron DeSantis and I want to be president. I don't double down on the shit. I see him is failing. I pull back a little bit, just a little bit. So I'm still that fucked up guy, but I'm not to the point that they are. So now he can say, yeah, I'm not as bad as Donald Trump, but at least I'm not a fucking Democrat. But no, he's all in on the Donald Trump thing, and he's going to go down with the fucking rest of them. Well, I think he's pulled back a little. I mean, a lot of folks see him as the better choice uh, between the two of them. He's and the best not, of the worst choices. Right. And it's not that he's smarter than Trump. It's just that he's smoother than Trump. Um, uh, Trump is uh, uh, Trump's like the ringmaster right now, but he's not a very good one. Um, DeSantis, DeSantis would be a better ringmaster. Only a little bit, only a little bit. Yeah. Only a little bit because he's not that smart. He's doing all the stupid shit. He's biting himself in the ass. He could lose the governorship. I think he will lose, lose the governorship. And the thing that will sink him was the Walt Disney thing. That was major stupidity. Here you have basically an organization that owns the state. I mean, let's be honest. Disney right. owns Florida. And uh, they can make or break anyone they want to. And you know they're going to break DeSantis. They've got the money. Uh, Charlie Crist is going to have all the money he's ever going to need right. to uh, to uh, push DeSantis down in the swamp. 
It's that simple because he, he angered the mouse and the mouse don't play. Well, that that's the thing. There's only really two. Don't get me wrong. I, I love Florida. My wife is coming back from Florida today. Um, I love Florida. But when you come down to it, the only reason to go to Florida is two reasons. The fucking beaches and Disney. And Disney, and Disney has all the money. You fuck yep. with Disney, you fucked with the wrong people. Yeah, and you, know, you 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 wait, you hide and watch when Charlie Crisp becomes governor. See how quick that uh, special tax break comes back. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and then what does DeSantis do? Does he does he sit sit and um, boil in water until he can run for president? I don't even think DeSantis will be the candidate for the Republicans. By that time, the Republicans will be so destroyed, they are either going to have to reset or or just change their whole outlook on everything. Because between now and 2024, you got the midterms. And if you if the Republicans get destroyed in the midterms, which I I'm think not they sure will. They come, I'm not sure they come back from that. No, they don't come back, but they certainly aren't going to stick with the thing that lost them it. They aren't going to stick with Donald Trump. They're going to cast him aside like yesterday's garbage, but they're going to do the same thing to DeSantis because he's only a little better than Donald Trump, maybe even worse than Donald Trump, just smarter by a shred. That midterm is going to change everything for the Republicans, and it's going to separate them even even farther. The relatively normal ones are going to say, I don't want any part of that fucking mess. They're losers. And the losers are just going to get mad and double down and still try to fight it out until they fade away. Well, I, I would question one thing. I don't think there's any of those left. Um, I don't even think uh, Liz Cheney is one of those. I, no, I don't I see much. I don't see much in the Republican Party that is anything other than uh, just a very ironclad indoctrinated oligarch um, worshiping rabble. I right. mean, no, Newt Gingrich, New Gingrich made sure of that when he started the contract on America and started primarying anybody who would work with the other side. And, and they've, uh, I think John McCain was the only one left. I mean, I thought, I thought Lindsey Graham was one. And I thought there were a few others that I thought, well, uh, you know, there's a chance that once Biden is in there, they'll they'll come back and be reasonable again and try to do stuff. But no, they all lockstep to make sure that nothing gets done in a Democratic administration. And in a Republican administration, the only thing that gets done is tax cuts for the wealthy. Now they've added getting rid of Social Security and Medicare, and we cannot hype that enough. We cannot say it too many times. If the if the Republicans were to take the House and Senate, they would get rid of Medicare and Social Security. There is no doubt. There is no doubt. And if you want that to happen, vote Republican because you're, um, you know, and prepared for grandma and grandpa to move in with you or watch them die, whichever you want to do, because uh, uh, they will do that. And, and, you know, they don't care. They don't care who dies. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is they've also committed to and acknowledged that they're going to raise the taxes on people under a hundred thousand dollars. Exactly. They've, you know, and, and that's what right drives in the report. Me, that what drives me crazy right now. Their talking point is, 
Well, Democrats just raise taxes on everybody making over $200,000, which is bullshit because it's 4000 400000 Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that that's their talking point this week. And uh, but there it is right there in the Rick Scott plan, which, you know, some uh, some are trying to turn away from. But he wouldn't have put that out there if he didn't have the blessing of everybody within the party. Well, there's another thing that they're trying to throw around this idea of uh, building up the the IRS and and, and what they're suggesting uh, um, is that. The Democrats are going to unleash the IRS on all of us. They're going to take us all down. They're going to audit everybody. And that's not true. No, it's not. But I don't give a shit. Audit me tomorrow. Well, well, audit me next week. Thing, <laughs> You're not going to get anything. The thing about it is the Secretary of State or the Secretary of the Treasury. Who is that? I can't remember now. Um, uh, but Yellen, the, I believe. Is it Yellen? I think so. It could be Yellen. Uh, she stipulated to the IRS in a... Uh, in a document she sent to them that all of this extra money should only be focused on collecting money from those people making $400,000 or more. Exactly. So it's not going to increase the digging into people under $400,000. It's just not going to do it. The, the secretary of the treasury specifically told the IRS who is in control of the IRS not to do that. They're not going to do that. And and besides, why would you do that? If you're already tight for people and tight for for resources, wouldn't you go after the people that are all that you know are cheating, that aren't paying any taxes, that have a lot of money? They can come after you and me and they might get another fifty or a hundred bucks if we made a mistake. But uh, the real money's with the big shops. And that's why they enacted this fucking thing is to get the money that these people have been holding back from this country. So they're trying to make it, you know, everything, everything the Republicans do is about fear. You should be afraid. So we're going to protect you. That's absolute bullshit. Yeah. Well, we, we do our own taxes. I mean, they're fairly simple and we made a, uh, I think it was a hundred dollar error two years ago. And we got a letter that says uh, you underpaid by $200. So we sent them by a hundred, you underpaid by a hundred dollars. We sent them a hundred dollars. That was it. No penalties, nothing. It was a you simple math error. <laughs> simple you, math error. You, you know? didn't say, fuck you, I have a constitutional right, take me to court. You didn't do that? No, no, I no. skipped that. Well, I, clearly I, you're I, not I, Republican. I looked at it and, yeah, I looked at it and I said, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, and uh, it was just, you know, something that anybody could have made and they saw that too, you know, so it was no big deal. Yeah, I mean, people like you and me and most of the people listening – to the uh, podcast, regardless, you know, if you make a hundred grand, 200 grand and you're doing well, I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish that, but none of us really make enough money or pay enough taxes where it really takes notice to the people. And, and there's one clear way to not get audited, whether you make under or over $400,000, don't cheat on your fucking taxes. They aren't going to bother you. Right, exactly. And every now and then, I'm, I have a cousin here, and uh, he and some other folks, there was a lady here who did taxes, and she decided that uh, they could claim, if they had a certain amount of acreage with their house, they could claim it as a farm and get a deduction of some sort. So she wrote up, you know, she did taxes for people for like five years with this. And the IRS came back and said, um, uh, no. <laughs> not only are uh, not only are we uh, revising your tax uh, burden, but uh, we're also adding some penalties to it. And it was a pretty stiff thing. 
Yeah. And uh, it, it, you would think that she would be the one, one responsible, but no, it's uh, you are responsible for making sure your taxes are uh, done right, not the preparer. Although you you might be able to, you know, on a, 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 it seems to me even you had some trouble like that at one point. Oh, um, I think we've all had problems with the IRS, yeah. but it's but it's you know it's all stupid shit. It's yeah, but stupid. I mean it was someone else's fault that. Uh, oh yeah, that yeah, happened. yeah. But it's my taxes, so it's right. my fucking fault. I could have yeah. hired somebody better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's yeah. I mean, that's it. I I'm at a stage in my life. Where when I do my taxes, I put it up on TurboTax because I don't have that much variance in what we make, and I run it through the system, and it says you might be able to get this if you do this. I won't take that as long as I'm not paying a shitload in, or maybe coming out even. I don't give a fuck. Get it done. I'm, yeah. I don't expect to get rich off my tax return, and I don't want to be fucking uh, made to be broke by having to pay more money in. I just just want it done i don't want to fuck with it yeah and then i don't know about you mike and I, this is this may i don't know i'm just going to say it anyway i Go don't ahead. mind pay i don't mind paying taxes if i can see where it goes right and, and, if and I, I benefit that, yeah and, and if, if the roads are if the roads are paved if the uh the schools are funded if all of that happens I don't mind. I, I feel like that's my responsibility. I mean, I joined the army for the same reason. I felt like it was my responsibility that I had benefited from other service and that maybe I should too. Right. So, uh, uh, it's the same way about paying taxes. And to me, that's what being an American is all about. It's not about waving a flag and it's not about uh, getting down on people who take a knee. None of that matters. Those are just differences of opinion. Doing what's right is what matters. Obey the law. Drive the speed limit. Pay your taxes. Right, right. That's exactly. what makes you a good American, period. Yeah, and- it's not your religion, and it's not your political party. It's what you do. If 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 I pay taxes and I live a comfortable life, I shouldn't bitch. But if I pay taxes and I'm struggling, and I know that the Republicans gave the rich people who don't need the money, a $2 trillion tax cut, now I have a problem with that. Because I don't well, this, want to support those fucks when I'm struggling. Well, this is the thing. I mean, if the IRS is coming after me, you know, and giving me a penalty because I, I misreported by 25 bucks, and at the same time, they have a, a hedge fund manager, manager or a private equity guy who's uh, paying his taxes at, uh, you know, one-tenth the rate of what he should be paying it just because of an accounting trick uh, that Kristen Sinema made sure got to stay in. Right. I, I, that pisses me off. I want these guys. I mean, you know, they're already making 2% on managing funds, but then they get 20% of the total uh, that's charged as a capital gain. That's insanity. And it's a giveaway to a certain group of people. And it should be taken away. Uh, that pisses me off. Yeah, I think uh, in 2024, Christian Cinema will be no more in the U.S. Senate. She won't be back. She will get her ass kicked. And there's no saving her now. She's done her damage I think the, the the Democrats in Arizona don't like this woman. 
they got this other guy who's a representative. His name is Gallegos or something. And yeah. uh, he seems like a stronger possibility for the Democrats. So that, <clears throat> you know, to be perfectly honest with you, if they get a legitimate de- Democrat in Christian cinema seat, it's almost like the Democrats gain a seat there. Exactly. Because because cinema has been no fucking friend to the Democrats. No, as a matter of fact, I wonder if she isn't the quote victim of uh, uh, some planned uh, something planned here because uh, that you know the canceling that uh, benefit for the hedge fund managers was on the table. I mean, it was part of the bill which they took out to satisfy her, and I'm wondering if they just didn't set her up that way. To knowing that she would object to it because she had also taken a million dollars from hedge fund managers this year. Right. So right. that that is a great bit to use against her in the election. Well, Christian Cinema is a first term, uh, uh, first term woman in the Senate. She's kind of fucking goofy. I don't know if you remember when she first took office. She had this platinum blonde hair and this Marilyn Monroe. Sh- the dress she was walking around in. She's a bit of a fucking goofball and yeah. she's been a fly in the ointment to a lot of Democrats and the people of Arizona have basically said, fuck you, you're done here. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they set her up. You might as well put her out of her misery. Uh, and, and that's good. I, I certainly won't weep. Um, it, it turns out having Joe Manchin in the place where he was enabled us to get this legislation too, because it misdirected the Republicans. So, um, I don't know. I, I think Joe Biden is not as sleepy as a lot of people seem to think he is. He's oh, been there no. for 30 years. He knows how things work. He knows everybody. He knows where the bodies are buried and, and, uh, obviously, he has had the most successful two years of any president ever. Yeah. Well, he's gone from Sleepy Joe to Dark Brandon. I don't know if you know about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're making him those. out to be the superhero. And let's be honest, he's been on a tear for the last month. Yeah. And and I, it's all going to work for him in the midterms and in 2024, even though he doesn't run. I tell you what, Joe Biden's going to be popular by the end of 2023. Um. He's going to be popular in the polls because of all the things that get done after the midterms. And while I don't believe he will run, he will anoint somebody to run for president and they will destroy the fucking Republicans. Oh, I agree a thousand percent. I I personally think he might run. It depends. I mean, here's a guy who had his most successful time of his presidency while he had COVID. (laughs) So. That says something right there. Well, then they'll start telling us he's not human. He's an AI. (laughs) They're already saying that. There are a certain group of Republicans that think there are 10 doubles of, uh, of Joe Biden that they, uh, that they, uh, uh, haul around different places because they can see subtle differences in the way he looks. Well, the nice thing to know is that. Any one of those 10 Joe Bidens can kick <laughs> Donald Trump's ass. It's so, true. If it's there's 10 true. Joe Bidens, I'm cool with it. I don't give a fuck. As well, long there's as... the Joe Biden who can't ride a bicycle, and then there's Joe Bidens who can't. You know? yeah. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, we're, we're, we're about out of time. Not about. We are definitely out of time. So, uh, Ed, I appreciate you stopping in and talking about some of the shit we've got going on as a start this week. And, uh, Last week was a crazy week, and I don't think it's going to be even less crazy this week. I think it's going to be crazy, too. There'll be some new announcements and some new revelations that come out this week. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to run and see what happens while we were talking. <laughs> yeah, no shit. No shit. Exactly. I've got the TV running above me, and I'll look up every so often just in case, you know, Donald Trump bolts from the country or whatever. But, all right. Well, Ed, thank you very much for coming by. We'll talk to you again this week, and uh, we will do more of this. Uh, folks at home, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to us. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.